my single video that has generated me the most closed transactions and like the highest amount of GCI from one video is my video, What to Know Before PCSing to Andrews Air Force Base. And that's the video that ranks number one for Andrews Air Force Base on Google or on YouTube. And I probably closed in like seven or eight transactions in the last 12 months just from that one video. do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents in our industry hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Pat Hyman and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui coming back to you again for another interview on the Real Estate Rockstars today. And today I get to interview Malcolm Lawson from Maryland. You know, Malcolm is another guy that is has a lot of focus in YouTube. He generates a ton of buyer leads through that. We're going to dive into that today, figure out any some of the tips and tactics that he's using in real estate to succeed. He's been a longtime listener of the show too. I'm hoping to ask him a little bit about that. And the And Malcolm, thanks for joining today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I'm I'm really excited to talk to you today. So the the, the city you're out there out, out in Maryland, you said south of Baltimore. Yep, Annapolis, Maryland, uh, about about thirty forty minutes south of Baltimore City, the state's capital. All right. So the how um, what's the average price of a house out there? So three fifty is our average price point around here. All right. So three hundred fifty thousand, and then right now we're in the middle of you know COVID quarantine. Some states are opening, some states aren't. What is Maryland doing with all that? Yeah, so we uh, so luckily real estate was deemed an essential service. So I was still able to keep going, keep uh, getting out of the house, going and showing appointments and everything. Yeah, um, we still had a lot of restrictions, and I think just this Friday they're starting phase one of releasing a lot of these restrictions. So uh, activities like golfing and boating, they're going to start allow- allowing people to do that sort of stuff pretty soon. Cool. So getting a little bit back to normal. Last night we went and celebrated my birthday and. My wife and my kids, we all went to a restaurant in downtown Austin. You know, Texas has we're in, it opened maybe two weeks ago. Okay. Said they were going to open things up. Not every restaurant decided to open yet. Not every, you know, most of the movie theaters haven't. But the restaurant experience was cool. Other than the, wait, other than the waiters wearing masks, it was a normal restaurant experience. And they had the tables a little bit further apart. But it mm-hmm. was, uh, but man, it felt good to get a little bit back to normal. So I'm sure as they get to open up phase one, and uh, I think I was telling you before we got on, before we got on, you know, for the for the family around the house, you know, it's it's much different for for them because they have you know things they want to be able to do, and so not being able to go anywhere, just getting that taste of dinner and normalcy last night, I could see the relief over my wife and my kids of oh, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. We're uh, yeah. we're gonna get to start living life again. <laughs> Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, I hate to interrupt the current podcast that you're listening to, but I am so excited to share this with you. I just finished interviewing the original host of this podcast, my good friend, Pat Hyben. I got to talk to Pat about how he started his real estate career and a whole bunch of tips and tactics that he used to be successful. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out State of the Market number 49. On there, I get to talk to Pat about all those different things. You know, and in there too, he talked a lot about his six steps for seven figures book and training program that he built over the last couple years. And I realized I haven't done a good enough job of reminding all of you lately about all of the resources that we've built for you out there. So if you want to check out Pat's course, 
We've got like a three minute summary video when you go to it. It includes so many easy to follow tips that you can follow on it like a day to day basis. You can email reminders, all sorts of different things that come with that course. You find that you go to rebusuniversity.com, R E B U S, rebusuniversity.com. Look at courses. You can find the six steps for seven figures book. And really, there's a whole bunch of other courses in there too. Our normal prices used to be $1,500 or $2,000 a course. These are real deal professional courses. But now uh, during quarantine, a lot of them are priced down to like 90 bucks, 95 bucks. So we've slashed the prices because we know right now is a time for everybody to be focusing on growth and education, especially while they're feeling like they don't have as much to do. And if you go in there and you figure like, like there's a lot of different courses you want, Maybe you don't want to buy the a la carte. You can go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and you can get access to all of our different courses for 97 bucks a month. I think there's a discount on there if you go a year or there's even like a lifetime option that you can pay to get access to every course we've ever put on Rebus University for as long as we have it. So go check out those options, Rebus University or futureofrealestatetraining.com. All right, back to your podcast. Sorry for the interruption. So we're going to dig into you know how you, how you got into real estate and some of those before people jump in. What uh, what's what what sort of volume are you doing right now? How many deals did you do last year? How many deals are you hoping to do this year? Yeah, so last year uh, was my second year as a full time real estate agent. I did thirty transactions. Uh, I think it's ten point five million in volume. That's awesome. And so, are you a part of a team? Do you have assistance? Is it just you? Uh, it's really just me, and then my my sister in law is an agent as well. She acts as my my TC. So just just me and her. Cool. Second year, thirty transactions, ten million bucks in sales. The that is a, that's a great way to get going. And the and what about is it mostly buyers, mostly sellers? It is. It's mostly buyers, honestly. I'm probably I'm probably like seventy five percent buyers, twenty five percent sellers. Um, I like sellers. I like that the marketing aspect of it and making video tours of the properties and everything. But yeah, honestly, a lot of since I get a lot of my stuff from YouTube, a lot of those leads are just buyer leads. That makes a lot of sense because if people are going on YouTube, they're kind of researching, they're trying to figure out where they're going to go and, and the, and buyers tend to be the researchers, right? Yeah, absolutely. They, they do much more research into the different areas and when they're doing that research, that's my opportunity to capture them and kind of get, get in front of them. And I haven't really figured out a whole lot of search terms that sellers look for other than general search terms like how to sell my house. Nobody looks up like how to sell my house in Annapolis. It's always just kind of the more general stuff of how to sell my house, how to get my house ready to sell, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think I think it's really common for organic inbound marketing to be buyer customers and to get listing agents or selling customers. There's a lot more outbound work that has to be done of reaching out to people and saying like, hey, uh, you're probably likely to sell in the next 90 days. Do you want me to give you, you know, some info? It's kind of like by the time people are ready, I, I think people just target, you know, listing, you know, opportunities more too. I mean, by the time somebody looks at selling their house, they've already received 10 postcards and had right. 10 phone calls of let us sell your house. So the, yeah, it would make sense that your organic stuff is buyers, uh, people that are, that are really good at getting those seller leads are doing a lot of outbound. So the, how long have you, how long have you been listening to real estate Rockstars radio? Uh, since I got my license. So I got my license in 2016. Uh, I was still in the Air Force. I got out of the Air Force late 2017. And yeah, uh, I think right around then is when I, when I discovered the podcast and I got a tremendous amount of value out of it, especially when I first started. And I actually had to stop listening to it for a while because every time I listened to it, 
I would like go down some other path that I want to explore. And I kept just kind of going all over the place because there's so many, like so much value that I was getting out of this podcast. Yeah, you you are not alone in that. There have been several people that have said, you know, every podcast they learn something and a new tactic and a new trick. And sometimes they had to get to a point where, hey, I need to wait a little bit because I've got these 15. I need to focus. I need to focus on my niche. Like right now you're focused on YouTube. Can you think back to any episodes that were your favorite or any of those tips or tactics that you still do today? I don't know. I, I mean, I especially like the ones talking about Facebook. And um, I dove pretty deep into Facebook ads last year, and I learned a lot. Um, I, I know Pat had a few, uh, probably had a lot of people on talking about Facebook marketing. And uh, I did that a lot of that last year. And actually, I got kind of tired of Facebook marketing, though. I got tired of just the, the low conversion rate. You know, mm -hmm. I was getting maybe a 3% conversion rate uh, when I was lucky. And, you know, that's one out of 33 leads. That's 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 a lot. So that's why I kind of started shifting more towards YouTube where my conversion rates are so much higher uh, with my YouTube videos than they ever were with my Facebook stuff. Yeah, so the, I think one of the things that you were telling to, talking to Curtis about too the, before we got you on the show was about the difference in the types of videos that you make for Facebook compared to the types of videos you make to YouTube. Can yeah. you give the listeners kind of uh, just a cliff notes of, hey, this is, if you're going to do a video for YouTube or Facebook, here's the difference between them. You can't record a video and put it on both, right? Yeah, 100%. So Gary Vaynerchuk often talks about creating native content. And kind of what he means by that is a video that's optimized for Instagram is very different than a video optimized for Facebook and very different than Snapchat and very different than YouTube. And how you kind of structure those videos and optimize them for that platform, they're all very, very different. And there's not much crossover with the video that does well on Facebook and on YouTube as well. There's a little bit of a crossover. There's a couple topics that do well on both, but for the most part, it really is different type of content. And, and so if you think about a Facebook video and how you see that, you first see it uh, in your feed with no sound whatsoever. 85% of all Facebook videos are played without any sound on it. So your first challenge for the Facebook video is to do something to get their attention, to get them to unmute the, uh, the video. And that's your first challenge with a Facebook is that those first few seconds need to be very visually stimulating to get their attention. On YouTube, people just interact with the content differently. What they're first presented with is your title and your thumbnail. So you need to have a really good title and a really good thumbnail that compels them to want to click and watch your videos. And that's really where a lot of people screw up is they don't put enough um, emphasis and time into their titles and their thumbnails. And then after they watch that, you know, there's a lot of clickbait on YouTube. So people are very skeptical. And so I like to kind of reinforce what we're going to talk about in the video in the first few seconds of the video and then try to come up with some sort of hook at the very start of the video to really get their attention and um, kind of hype up the value that they're going to get out of watching the video. And that's really what a hook is at the beginning of the video. And yeah, so kind of the, the topics that you cover that do well on Facebook are usually pretty different than the ones that do well on YouTube as well. Um, and kind of the example I give is if I ever wanted to learn, you know, should I file an LLC or an S corporation, I'm not going to go to Facebook to find that type of video. You know, right. even if I saw that type of video in my newsfeed, I'm not going to probably not going to click on it. I would go to YouTube for that type of content. So really that informational content does really well on YouTube. It really doesn't do very well on Facebook, in my opinion. Yeah, that's two really good points, though. So the Facebook people are scrolling. They're looking through. If somebody's video is on there, it's kind of in your face. It's popped up. The video starts as soon as it hits your feed, and then you've got to unclick it to even hear it. So the yeah. so Facebook, the goal is 
is make it visually appealing to, you know, convincing people to un, you know, to stop the scroll and unmute. Those are two things you're trying to accomplish with just the image on Facebook. And even though Facebook, the, the words underneath it are important, not as important as what they see because it's a visual thing and probably on Instagram as well. And then YouTube, that makes a lot of sense. So before someone clicks on yours, they see the thumbnail. So they see, you know, somebody says how to sell real estate. They see 10 videos. There's the thumbnail. Here's the title. Here's who it is. So they're going to choose based on that. And within the first few seconds, you're saying reiterate what your, what your video is, because if it says how to sell real estate and they click on it and you're telling them about something diff different than how to sell real estate, the, uh, they're going to click on, they're going to go, Oh, he was lying. Let's find a different one. People are yeah. the, the skeptical part. I haven't heard that. That makes a lot of sense. I'm a skeptical YouTube you know, viewer. The, there is so much clickbait on different stuff that you're trying to figure out, Hey, was this image on the, you know, the thumbnail actually part of it. So yeah, the, like, like the first 30 seconds of a YouTube video is really important. If you kind of screw that up, people are not going to watch your video. You really need to nail that first 30 seconds or so of a YouTube video to get them to actually watch the entire video. So how'd you get into real estate? Uh, yes, my mom's a real estate agent. Um, I think that kind of got me into it. Uh, so I was in the Air Force for uh, 11 years and I got a, a medical discharge. So I didn't really want to have like, I needed a white collar job pretty much. And my mom was a real estate agent. And, um, you know, we have a lot of military bases here in Maryland as well. So that's like a perfect niche for me since I have that background. And so it just kind of seemed like a good fit for me. Yeah, that does sound sound right, right? So the so you're in the Air Force for 11 years and now if you tr transition into real estate, are Air Force clients your specialty or was that your specialty before YouTube started delivering you all these leads? Uh, yeah, no, I still do, man, probably like 70% of my business is service members relocating to this area. And we have a lot of a lot of big bases around here. We have Andrews Air Force Base. We have um, we have the Pentagon in D.C. A few bases in D.C. We have Fort Meade. Um, we have the Naval Academy. Like we have a lot of mil there's a really strong military community here. And I actually attract a lot of those service members with my YouTube videos. And I was kind of lucky that I was actually stationed at two of the big bases nearby. So that I think that also gives me uh, a lot more credibility with that with that community. So do you have videos in particular that military people would be searching? Are there terms for you know, that you're using that are you know, military relocation or something like that? Or is it just those areas are military? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you go on uh, YouTube right now, and YouTube's the second largest search engine in the world, you just type in Andrews Air Force Base, and my videos ranks number one for that search term. So I think a lot of people are finding me from that. There's a couple of search terms that my videos rank on the first page of Google for, for them as well. And then a lot of the cities around those bases, if they Google those cities, they Google moving to Waldorf or moving to Annapolis. Again, my videos are on the first page of Google for those search terms. So the so the, so someone goes to Google and they and they you know they type in Andrews Air Force Base or one of those. Is it coming up in actual the Google feeds or is it when they click videos and go over to videos? Uh, yeah, no, I have a lot of videos on the first page of Google, um, the military ones. But if you type in moving to Maryland or living in Maryland or moving to Annapolis, Maryland or, or living in Annapolis, Maryland, any of those, I've got multiple videos that show up on the first page of Google. They, um, they're, and that's kind of something that they're really doing more of is that they have a carousel with all the top videos and they rank that on the first page of Google. And it works out for them because they actually get paid twice when they do that. They get paid in Google AdSense advertising on Google and then they get paid again if somebody actually goes to YouTube and watches another ad over there. Absolutely. So I Googled moving to Maryland 
and the and a, and you know midway during that that page it's, it automatically does the videos and there you are there's pictures of you going before moving to maryland pros and cons so you've got two of the three videos on the yeah. first page of, of google for that for somebody moving to maryland well then that makes a lot of sense so you've got that on there somebody does that search they hit you they find you on YouTube. What is that conversation like when they when they call you, they email you? At the end of your videos, are you giving a hook of saying, hey, you know, reach out to me this way? Yeah, yeah. I usually have a call to action. And usually my call to action is pretty casual. I'm not really aggressive with it. I say, hey, if you're thinking about moving to Maryland or moving to Annapolis or moving to Waldorf, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Here's all my contact information. And I've tried a lot of different call to actions at the end of my YouTube videos. And I really find that the simplest and the best one is just to give them your contact information. You know, I've tried other things like, hey, go get your seller's guide and your free home valuation and all these other things. They really never, I, I get a few people to do it, it never really works. Most of my leads has come in from just emailing me or registering on my website or giving me a call. And a lot of times they'll reach out to me and they, they almost always mention YouTube. They almost always say, hey man, we saw you on YouTube or we just watched a bunch of your YouTube videos or we saw your YouTube video about this. And the great thing is like it's already building that relationship and building that rapport that they're, they're you know, watching me and I'm providing value to them just on autopilot. By the time they you know, reach out to me, they feel like they already know me already. So it makes it so much easier to convert these leads. Yeah, you know, I was interviewing a couple guys from Portland, Oregon that were really big into YouTube too just a couple weeks ago. And that, that's what they said too. When people were calling, it was, it was like they already knew them. The people felt like they knew them already. So, so on the call, they were you know, talking to them as if they were already friends and because they had seen those videos. And so incoming video leads uh, sounds like a really cool way to, to get to bring people in. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, it's the, it's the funnest lead generation that there is, in my, my opinion. Yeah. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, I hate to interrupt the current podcast that you're listening to, but I am so excited to share this with you. I just finished interviewing the original host of this podcast, my good friend, Pat Hyben. Now, I got to talk to Pat about how he started his real estate career and a whole bunch of tips and tactics that he used to be successful. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out State of the Market number 49. On there, I get to talk to Pat about all those different things. You know, and in there too, he talked a lot about his six steps for seven figures book and training program that he built over the last couple of years. And I realized I haven't done a good enough job of reminding all of you lately about all of the resources that we've built for you out there. So if you want to check out Pat's course, we've got like a three minute summary video when you go to it. It includes so many easy to follow tips that you can follow on it like a day to day basis. You can email reminders, all sorts of different things that come with that course. You find that you go to rebusuniversity.com, R-E-B-U-S, rebusuniversity.com. Look at courses. You can find the six steps for seven figures book. And really there's a whole bunch of other courses in there too. Our normal prices used to be $1,500 or $2,000 a course. These are real deal professional courses. But now uh, during quarantine, a lot of them are priced down to like 90 bucks, 95 bucks. So we've slashed the prices because we know right now is a time for everybody to be focusing on growth and education, especially while they're feeling like they don't have as much to do. And if you go in there and you figure like, like there's a lot of different courses you want, Maybe you don't want to buy the a la carte. You can go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and you can get access to all of our different courses for 97 bucks a month. I think there's a discount on there if you go a year or there's even like a lifetime option that you can pay to get access to every course we've ever put on Rebus University for as long as we have it. So go check out those options, Rebus University or futureofrealestatetraining.com. All right, back to your podcast. Sorry for the interruption.
So, the, so what are your goals over the over the next year for your real estate business? Yeah. So this year, my I, my goal is actually to do the same number of transactions and probably about the same volume, but I want to net more money. So I'm not doing Facebook ads where I'm spending all this money on them. I'm not doing, I had a couple of these referral sites that would send me leads and I had to pay them a 35% referral fee. I got rid of all that stuff. And really, I mean, YouTube's my only source of lead gen this year. Uh, I got eight under contract right now. So it's, it's working out. Um, so really YouTube and then my database. And then um, I get a lot of agent referrals as well. The agents find my YouTube videos and they send me referrals from those as well. So what's the best length for a video? If people are if people are trying to you know hit all the YouTube algorithms and and people are going to like them, right? Yeah, man. I actually I ideally I would shoot for about ten minutes. I think that's a really good length. My some of my highest converting videos are much longer, or they're about ten minutes or so. But but here's the thing: you don't want to take if you only have two minutes of real content, real value, you don't want to stretch that out to 10 minutes because what's going to happen is you're not providing much value. People are going to back out and leave the video and then the video is not going to perform as well. So if you can do a longer video, I'd say go for it. Um, but if you only have six minutes or five minutes of real value that you can provide, I would just keep it to that shorter video. Um, I, you don't want to have just a lot of fluff in there. So jam pack your videos with info because in YouTube, as soon as somebody clicks off, your rankings go down a little bit. If someone's watching most of your video, your rankings go up. That's it. You nailed it. Yeah. One of the most important metrics that YouTube looks at when analyzing a video and determining, you know, or analyze the performance of a video is how long people watch that video for. That's just one of the best ways to tell if it's a good video. And that's why I was saying nailing the beginning of the video is so important. If people watch your video and they only watch 30 seconds of it, YouTube's going to be like, wow, this is not a very good video. We're not going to show this to anybody else. But if they're watching on average like eight minutes of a 10-minute video, that is a fantastic signal to YouTube. And they're going to say, wow, these people really enjoy this content. We're going to push it out and show it to more people. So that's why you really want to focus on providing as much value as you can uh, in these videos. So how many, so what's your most successful video? Like the highest number of downloads or, you know, most views? Yeah. So I have a, I have another, I, I got a couple of YouTube channels. My biggest YouTube channel is about 85,000 subscribers, uh, several million views. And I think my biggest video on there was actually about two months ago. I did one about uh, DIY face mask and that got about 900,000 views on that in uh, just about two months or so. On my real estate channel, I have one that is um, 10 hacks to pay your mortgage off early. That one has a little over 100,000 views on it. But here, here's the interesting thing is that if you're, so you know, with those videos, my goal was just to get views because I, I get paid more views I get on them. But if your goal is lead generation, my single video that has generated me the most closed transactions and like the highest amount of GCI from one video is my video, What to Know Before PCSing to Andrews Air Force Base. And that's the video that ranks number one for Andrews Air Force Base on Google or on YouTube. And I've probably closed like seven or eight transactions in the last 12 months just from that one video. So I probably made like $50,000 in GCI just from that one video. That's awesome. So, the, so you can get tons of volume with some of the stuff and that's by do, taking a topic that's really broad yeah. nationwide. Like, like, yeah, the masks hitting 900,000 views. Part of me goes, that's crazy. And the other part of me goes, like, that's exactly what people have been searching and, and trying to see. So, you, so some of your videos, you take a topic that's nationwide, it's going to get you just a, a ton of views. But your other one, your most successful one is very niched down. 
And so someone's actually searching what to know before PCSing, right? And the and that hits and, and that's where it goes there. So the do you have a lot of videos that are so dialed in and niched like that now? Yeah, I mean, originally that's what I was doing a lot of. And those, uh, uh, I'll tell you the single videos that generate the most amount of leads is kind of like a relocation guide style video. So everything that somebody would need to know if they're relocating to an area. And, you know, depending on how big the area is, you know, that video may not get a lot of views, but the viewers who watch a video, like my video, 10 Things to Know Before Moving to Maryland, people who watch that video, like they're most likely moving and going to buy a house. So you're really targeting like a very specific viewer of that who's much further along in the buying process. And those are going to be the ones that really generate uh, a lot more leads. And yeah, I mean, like you said, if I do a more generic video, like if you go on YouTube and you type in selling a home, my video ranks number one for that. But I really don't think I get that many leads from that video because I'm getting views from all across the country, you know, and what's the chances that any one of those viewers just so happens to be in my one little area. But if I make a video about moving to Annapolis, Maryland, like there's a really good chance those people who are watching that video are going to be moving there and looking to buy a home soon. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So let's, let's kind of shift gears a little bit. So it's, it's pretty clear how you're getting your leads you know, how you're bringing in your business and doing your business. But what are some of those things that, you know, once you get the lead and you start helping them find a house and, you know, and you become their agent, what, what are some of those things that you wish someone would have told you in your first couple months of real estate that you, that you've learned that you specialize in now? Oh, um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I definitely don't show people who are not pre-approved anymore. I, I did a lot of that when I was first starting off. Um, and, and I mean, showing people who are not pre-approved that I, that will increase your lead conversion, but it's so exhausting. There's so much more time that you have to invest in that. And I mean, now that I've got you know more leads than I can handle, I can be much more selective. Um, and I since these people, I've already got that relationship and that authority built with them. You know, I can say, hey, look, we're not looking at any properties until you get that pre-approval letter. So I mean, that's definitely one thing that's really helped out. And kind of a big shift in my business from my first year to what I'm doing right now. That makes sense. You're being you're being a little bit pickier. You're saying, hey, you've got most of the people are looking for leads. You have plenty of leads, so now you're trying to be selective with your time. How many hours a week are you working? Uh, I'm I still working a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a good question. Last year I was working like sixty hours a week. I mean, I was working seven days a week. This year I, I really am kind of taking my foot off the gas pedal a little bit. Uh, I mean, the great thing about YouTube stuff is that, uh, so that video that ranks on the first page of Google for moving to Maryland, I made that video three years ago, and that video is still generating me leads, and I'm at the point now where I just passively just have all these leads coming in, and I don't have to work as hard, and so, yeah, I have, um, yeah, I'd say I actually probably am working a lot less hours this year than I did last year. I'm just kind of focusing on other things, making other YouTube videos for other channels of like content that I'm more passionate about. Yeah. You know, so as you're, you're going out there and you're doing it, do you feel like you're those leads that somebody calls and they say, Hey, we saw you on YouTube and you're like, Hey, are you pre-approved yet? They say, no. Do you feel like you're losing that lead? Do you feel, or do you feel like there's, there's a value there that you should, should you be handing that lead off to somebody else? Should you be adding somebody on your, do, do you ever feel like, uh, like you're missing out on something with that? Or are you really happy with the way that you've balanced it? 
Yeah, I mean, so the truth is, like, everybody knocks people for showing buyers properties when they're not pre-approved. Yeah. But the truth is, like, that will increase your lead conversion. Like, you can't really argue with that. If, if you build that relationship with them and get face-to-face with them as soon as possible, it will increase your lead conversion. But it also consumes just a lot of your time. And, yeah, I'm at a place now where uh, I can be a little bit more selective. Kind of my go-to move is I'll have a good – somebody will call me up. I'll have a – try to have as good of a conversation with them as I can, you know, what's most important to you in your home? You know, what are, what, what are, why are you moving? Try to ask a lot of those deep questions. And then I just set them up on a a weekly property search. I connect them with my lender and then I'm actually really bad at following up with people. I'm terrible at it, but I'm still, it's that, that works. Having one deep conversation. Yeah. Set them up on a property search, connect them with the lender, wait until they get pre-approved and then I'll, I'll take over again. Yeah, it's like real estate on autopilot. So if somebody's out in Maryland, you know, in Maryland, if they're out in Annapolis, they're having a tough time getting leads. Should should they contact you and see if you can uh, hand off the leads of the people that aren't qualified that you get that you're turning down? <laughs> no, no, they probably shouldn't. I got no. I got I got other agents that I can do. Uh, I can hand those off to. And yeah, I mean, I'm also referring out a lot more business this year. Personally, I am trying to make my, you know, your first year, your first two years, you got a pretty big bubble of the area that you cover, but as you get, I'm getting a lot more dialed in and referring out a lot more, a lot more business these days. That's awesome. And that's, that is a lot of what we've heard from the other, uh, you know, the guys that were really focused on YouTube too, that so much of it became into now they have so many leads coming in that it's about, you know, referring it out. It's about sharing those leads or, or selling those leads is the wrong word, but it's, you know, being able to, to get people lined up with the people that can serve them. Maybe on that big nationwide video that you've got, you know, where you get people trying to figure out how to buy a home all over the place. Maybe, maybe it'll turn into that someday. The, are there, are there any, you know, other than YouTube, are there any apps or systems that you're using in your day-to-day, you know, real estate world that the, that you're really excited about? Um, so Keller Williams, I'm with Keller Williams and they, you know, they're investing a billion dollars into technology and they've got this KW command, which is our CRM pretty much. And uh, I'm actually really, really happy with it. I'm really digging it. Um, it's got a lot of really cool features and um, yeah, I've been doing a lot with that. I'm also doing a lot with Facebook groups. I've got several Facebook groups that I, I, I'm trying to cultivate and trying to use for lead generation as well. And um, I've, I've closed several transactions last year as well from just uh, organically generating leads from these Facebook groups. And that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just the social aspect. So what are you doing in those, in those Facebook social media groups? What are you, what are you in the, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one, one sales funnel that I really like to use is that if I, let's say I make a video about Annapolis, um, I'll at the end of the video, instead of having a call to action of, Hey, call me, here's all my contact information. I have a call to action to go join my Facebook group for that specific city. And it's a great way. Facebook groups are hard to grow, right? Especially hard to start from the scratch. And this is a great way just to get, I have a constant flow of people joining my Facebook group. And then when they join, you know, I can then build that relationship in that group and get a one-on-one conversation with them. And uh, I've, I've closed several transactions from doing that exact, that exact business model there. And what's funny is like some people will join and I'll send them a message and they'll be like, oh my God, we've watched all of your videos. Uh, we're so excited to talk to you. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, wow, what, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you reach out to me if you watched all my videos? But for some people, just taking that first step is still just like too intimidating. 
So that's what I really like about getting people in a Facebook group is that I can take that first step and reach out to them and start having that conversation with them and building that relationship with them even deeper on Facebook. You know, that's a that's a point that all agents should be listening to out there, especially you know new new agents that are afraid to pick up the phone and and dial people. I mean, there are a it's like people are like I don't want to cold call on that, but there are a handful of people out there that need help that they want help, but they are afraid to do the first outreach, right? So they need somebody. So even the people that knew they wanted to hire you, they were afraid to call you. They they were waiting for you to call them as you build up that group. So when you're when you're doing things inside that group, are you doing daily posts, weekly posts, or are you just reaching out to people individually when they join? Yeah. So um yeah, I reach out to them when they when they join, just kind of touch base, say hi. Um, my my sister in law, I actually pay her to make a post in there every single day. So every day she's sharing something about um, that local city that or whatever area that 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 group is. I have a, several groups like that. And so, yeah, she's making posts in there, um, just have some content in there. And then I always try to make, as often as I can, is some kind of like engagement post, some kind of post that's asking a question that I know that post is going to get a lot of, a lot of questions or a lot of answers. You know, for example, a question I asked recently in one of my groups was, um, what's the first local attraction or what's the first local thing you're going to do when this quarantine is lifted? And I got tons of questions or answers. You know, we're going to go to this bar and go to this restaurant and go golfing here and go, go to the beach here. And I like doing a lot of those engagement posts, just kind of broad questions that um, just, it just gets a lot of people really engaged with the group and kind of keeps the group on uh, top of mind for them. Yeah. The, so Right now, you so you, you were active. I was going to ask you, like, what do you like YouTube or Facebook better? But it seems like you're pretty equally invested in those strategies. They're just different strategies. So I use them both a lot. I'm going to have to go with YouTube on that one, though. I'm yeah, I'm pretty passionate about YouTube. And what about the other stuff that's out there? You've got Instagram, you've got TikTok. You've, you know, or do you do anything in those? No, you know, I I used to when I first got into the business. I think that was one of the mistakes I was making is I was spreading myself too thin. And uh, I decided I decided I would go deep rather than go really shallow in a lot of things. I want to go really deep in one or two things. And so Facebook groups and YouTube videos are really the two things that I'm going, you know, going all in on. Yeah. When you got into real estate, where where did you learn all of your stuff about how to be an agent? Um, um, this podcast, um, YouTube. You know, uh, my mom is an agent as well. Um, so I learned, you know, a lot of the the fundamentals from her and, um, yeah, actually Facebook groups as well. That was a big part of it, you know, like lab code agents in the bold Facebook group. Uh, you ask any, you, you can literally talk to any expert in the country. You can talk to these top agents from around the country, around the world, uh, inside these Facebook groups and get an answer to any of your questions. Like it's, it's amazing how valuable of a resource, uh, a lot of these real estate Facebook groups are. Yeah. So that's so bold is a is a KW thing that they've got. So there's that group. There's Lab Code agents. They do a lot of the stuff like we do. You know, uh, Real Estate Rockstars has a Facebook group where we have agents going in and, and communicating and things like that. And I think a lot of those resources are underused. I think so. As you so, so most people maybe wouldn't even go into bold and say, "Hey, I'm going to go ask this guy this and try to get the answer." And to, but you're but you're proof of the idea that you can go ask those questions. You're going to get those answers. It, you know, it, it's like you're right next to the people a lot of the time. Yeah, and they, they all the groups have a search feature as well. So if you have a question about cold calling or whatever for sale by owners, or you just go in there and just type 
FISBO in the search and pull up every conversation ever about for sale by owners in those groups. Uh, I mean, it's, it's amazing how much information and how much value you can get out of those. Like it's more than you can even process. Yeah. So do you try to help people build YouTube pages and stuff like that too? Or do you, have you focused mostly just on your own stuff? Oh yeah. No, I, I, I definitely very, I have a, a group as well, a real estate YouTube mastermind Facebook group, and I'm, I'm helping people all the time in there, um, providing a lot of education and training, uh, answering a lot of people's questions. Like I, you know, I, I had an epiphany a while ago is that I can honestly say that I'm passionate about YouTube and I'm really passionate about making YouTube videos in that platform. And I mean, I could literally talk about YouTube for hours. And so I, I actually really enjoy just helping other uh, real estate agents creating um, YouTube channels and really optimizing their content for YouTube. Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen to the real estate market? I mean, you're out in an area in, in Maryland, the, there's government, there's military, the, you know, I've had a few guests from those areas that have talked about in the, like the last crashes, there wasn't really a crash out yeah. there. So do you think the market's going to just stay steady uh, when you're out there? Do you think it's going to go down a little bit? Do you think there's an influx of buyers that are going to be flooding the market as soon as they're allowed to go outside? What have, what have you seen so far? What are your market predictions? I actually, my personal prediction is that the price is going to go up on homes. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of people speculating stuff like, oh, you know, all these people are going to be in foreclosures in a few months. But all that can literally be fixed just by like a bill from the government. You know, they had that their last uh, stimulus bill allowed um, homeowners to file forbearance for six months so they don't have to pay mortgage payments. There's already other um, bills being proposed right now to allow them to file for forbearance for 12 months and mandate that those payments get tacked on to the end of the loan and that they don't have to pay insurance and taxes during that time. So there's like all this speculation about the market crashing. It could all literally be solved with just like a bill from um, Congress. So it, you know, I don't, I honestly don't think it's going to crash. I think they're going to do whatever they can. If they have to throw trillions of dollars at keeping the real estate market from crashing, I think that they're going to do that. At the same time, I think interest rates are going to keep going down. You know, the, there's already a lot of speculation that the Fed may go into negative interest rate territory. And I have no idea what's going to happen to mortgage rates if yeah. the Fed rate goes into negative interest rate. It, I mean, the, the mortgage rates may drop below 2%, may drop into the ones. It's entirely possible. And if that happens, I mean, you're going to see everybody refinancing and everybody uh, just jumping into this real estate market trying to take advantage of it. Yeah. That is a really interesting, good perspective. And yeah, what will, if the Fed gets to negative interest rates, what will happen? And the, and those are some, you know, I, I think the only other places in the world I've heard about Japan having negative rates where the, you know, where it was when people had money in, in banks, they would actually deduct. Uh, it, it was that there was a negative interest rate on money held in banks because they wanted people to be spending their money. So if yeah. you put a hundred thousand dollars in your bank account the next year, there'd be 97,000 in there or something instead. So the, yeah, really interesting times as they're, th as they're throwing money at it. And you're right. There was, I saw a video just this morning that, you know, cause I had, I'm, I'm involved heavily in foreclosure investments and, and I see a lot of that in, in the Texas real estate market, especially we provide all the, the foreclosure data out there. And we know with the forbearance a month ago, the idea of forbearance that was in two months from now, they were going to, people were going to owe four months for the payments. Right. And then just yeah. this morning, the video came out and, you know, the guy was talking about Fannie Mae and, 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 and Freddie Mac going through and saying, Hey, we are going to, we are going to tack it onto the end of the loan before it was kind of up to the lender. The lender could choose to or not. Now, 
there still will be some of that. I, I don't think it'll be all the lenders across the board, but you, t but if you're talking Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA loans, that is a big chunk of, that's going to protect the people that are owner occupied properties and, and the, you know, they're going to get the most help. I, I will say, I think that there is a niche that is really going to be hurting. And I actually made a video about this almost two months ago. And that is the Airbnb owners, all the short term yeah. rental owners, all of their bookings all got canceled, you know, uh, a few months ago for a few months out. If there is another wave and this stuff really like carries on, you know, how long can they hold on to those Airbnbs without any tenants in them before they really start selling them? So I feel like city tourists, cities that have a lot of Airbnbs, you may start seeing a lot more of those coming on the market. And then another interesting thing to think about is with this negative interest rates, you know, like you said, if you have money in your savings account, you're going to lose money. You're not going to make any interest on that. You're going to have to actually pay the bank to hold your money. And I feel like a lot of people are they going to be like, wow, well, I better invest this money into something like real estate um, because with the Fed printing all this money, they're, they're, it's not coming from taxes or anything like that. They're just literally just making it it is going to impact inflation. Like that's how inflation happens. And real estate almost always outperforms inflation. If inflation is 2%, real estate usually appreciates in value 3%. So taking your money out of a savings account and investing it in real estate is going to be a really safe um, way to protect your money from inflation, in my opinion. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, every, so many um, you know, specialists have said that when inflation is heavy and high, that's when you want to own real estate. The more expensive the real estate, the better, because that's when inflation you know, has uh, more dramatic effects on properties at that high end of the market. And so we will, so we will get to see, and, and that could be the thing that really helps the real estate market perform, right? Like this forbearance stuff can, can postpone a lot of foreclosures. One of the things that we've said is, you know, even the people that are in default, there are more people with equity in their homes now than ever before. So if people mm. really need the money, they have this giant piggy bank of their house and they can sell their house and they can sell their house quick and they can tap into that. So I think, I think the equity that is in real estate will help a lot of that performance stuff. So Malcolm, that was a fun conversation today. Really interesting to get to, get to chat with you. The, they were, I took some notes of things I needed to do for, for my YouTube page and some edits and, and, and things like that of just even some simple videos that real estate agents can make or anyone can make in their, you know, in their business, right? The 10 things to know before X, you yeah. know, the 10 things to know about moving here, the 10 things to know about selling this, the 10 things to know about buying this. You know, we, we teach people how to buy foreclosures. Like we need that video. This is the 10 things to know before you buy a foreclosure. You know, That's all it. those things are our big hits that I think niching down in that focus is very cool. I also just love to hear how passionate you are about it. You know, it's obviously that you're successful in real estate and that you have a lot of tips you can give to people in real estate, but the stuff that you really like sharing people about is YouTube. If people want to reach out to you and say, Hey, Malcolm, give me some tips or check out my YouTube page and see what I should be doing different. How can people find you? Yeah, absolutely guys. Uh, go join my real estate YouTube mastermind facebook group just uh i'm really really active in there i'm posting every day i'm commenting on just about every post in there so if you guys have any questions about youtube just post it in there and you're almost guaranteed to get a response from me yeah that sounds awesome so everybody reach out to malcolm malcolm thanks for coming on and the and we'll maybe we'll talk again soon yeah sounds good thanks for having me on Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our 
downloadable items from each guest helpful. Please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings, and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on the million-dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get, so please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.